Welcome to the Probate Mastermind Podcast. These episodes are recorded live once a week and are hosted by the AllTheLeads.com coaches. Agents, investors, and wholesalers join the coaches for everything from marketing tips, sales psychology, live deal analysis, transaction engineering, advanced real estate strategy, and personal development. You will learn to get more listings, more deals, and find financial freedom by listening to these episodes. Be sure to catch show notes at AllTheLeads.com slash podcast and join our free Facebook mastermind community, All The Leads Mastermind. Welcome prolific agents and investors from across the country. Today is Thursday, December 17th, 2020, and this is Mastermind Podcast number 308. Just a little housekeeping before we get started. We do this pretty much every week of the year. The next two weeks will be Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. So we're going to take a little bit of a break and we will return on Thursday, January 7th will be our next regularly scheduled call. We will be here working virtually every day. So as always, if you ever need us, just email us support at alltheleads.com. And I mentioned we have a special treat. I'm going to go ahead and unmute Bill. Bill, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Mr. Bird, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of an intro. Bill, you have been with us since March of 2015. If you're not our longest subscriber, you're certainly one of them. And Bill reached out to me this week to share some success with Probate Plus. I want him to talk about that a little bit, but I also would like for him to touch on a couple other things. We, Bill is he's a very busy agent. I know you listen to these on our podcast or on YouTube, but you rarely make it to a call. I can't tell you how many times a year we have agents ask about, should I call the executors or the attorneys? Or they ask about calling when the executor and the attorney is one and the same. And you've probably done a better job of that than anybody that, you know, that we've had over the last six years. You've really made a career out of it. So I guess let's start at the, let's start at the end and work our way back. You had reached out to me this week, Bill, to give some feedback on Probate Plus. You want to start with that? Yeah, yes, I would. But first, I'd just like to thank you and Chad for the last five years. It's been amazing. You guys have always been there when I needed you and Chad. Every time I send them some new marketing thing, I never get a 10, but if you get a seven out of Chad, Chad on one to 10, you're doing good. So lately I've been averaging some seven. So thank you. Guys. Thank you. So, you're very welcome. My, my pleasure. Yeah. So I'm a big advocate of Chad. I just, he really helped my business. You, you all have, but you know, his fast start program back then, which is not even close to what it is now, but you know, that really made an impact on me. So I never believed in scrubbing leads. Pull, I'm calling you. As soon as I get the lead, I'm calling. My letters, all my campaign is based on after I've called you the first time. And so I never believed in it. But I thought, I'm just going to try this probate plus. And damn, it worked so well. It like cleaned up my time on the phone. And the biggest thing is, is I would have never have known this particular client. I'm going to leave their names out where they are out. They have 12 properties, and I'm meeting with them the first of the year to discuss all 12 properties and selling all 12 properties. And I have always never assumed they just had one property to sell. But I was like, man, this is just amazing how much Probate Plus has really helped me out on my timetable. And it also brings me back to the memories of before all the leads. When I used to drive to Sonoma County Recorder, I would drive to Marin. I would drive to San Francisco 
to, to get the list of who passed away back then. It's just been an amazing journey with you guys, and I really appreciate how you guys have continually updated. I know this kind of sounds like a conversation in fairyland, but it's the truth. If anyone knows my story, in 2010, my family was broke, no money, always worried about the PG&E bill falling off. I used to guard people for $15 an hour. I used to clean job sites for $20 so that I could just buy enough food for the day, which consisted of milk, Cheerios, a loaf of bread, and bologna. Um, and that's what my kids pretty much ate for the first six months, being broke, maybe a little longer. But my point being is I just want to say thank you guys so much, and I appreciate Probate Plus. Um, thank you, Bill. And for anyone who didn't see our case study video with Bill, uh, Kat will link to that in the show notes. But you can search for that on com. Just search B-Y-R-D, and it should bring up that post. But you'll see Bill's not living off of uh, materials anymore. He's really, I think you're a little too modest to toot your own horn here, so I'm going to do it for you. But I mean, he, he's built this into a seven-figure business with insanely high margins and taken it a long way. So, well, thank you for sharing all that. And secondly, if, you know, Probate Plus is a relatively new product, we always have new folks on this call each week. It's like, what the heck is Probate Plus? You can go to alltheleads.com forward slash Probate Plus and get the full description there. But it's basically a, a proprietary data augmentation that we have that gives you all of the real estate information. So not only real estate held in the name of the deceased, but also in trust, also in entity, out of state. We scrub 3,149 different counties. So we're more than looking in your local MLS or your local courthouse. We're finding anything that the decedent may have owned anywhere in the country. And you can learn more about that at allthelink.com forward slash probate plus. And you'll see on there, and Bill, I'm curious to see if, if you've tracked your numbers, but in beta, when we were testing this with, with groups, we found that it cut marketing costs by about 45%. So the, the, the time and money that you spend on your marketing efforts by focusing only on the, by prioritizing the ones that have real estate, people were able to save about 45%. Have you tracked your marketing savings? No, not yet. But what I will, what I have tracked is my phone time, and it has definitely cut a third out of my phone time, which has been great because I, I really want to continue to expand into divorce, which a lot of people don't seem to get that when you deal in probate, it's normally a family attorney. What does a family or estate attorneys do? They also deal with divorce. And I'm consistently trying to evolve that. We're coming out with a new website about that. We're also coming up to a brochure. I really enjoyed the call where you guys were talking about being the solutions to their problems before they know they have the problem. And that has been really great. And then also there's some new tax laws. Now, I don't know how these tax laws got passed because I don't know of anybody that voted for them, but that's really creating some opportunities with probate. The, the, the fact that you can't carry over the tax basis next year of someone that has passed away. When people say to you, and there, there's five responses you normally get, and one of them, I'm going to run it out. Now you can say, like, that very well may be um, the right decision, but I'm just curious, did you know what passed in 2020 where you can't carry over your parents' property tax basis? So that means their property taxes are going from like 3000 a month to 20000 a month, 3000 a year. 
to twenty thousand a year. Wow, well, very impactful. Never, you texted me back. I didn't see it. Could you send me a link to that? I want a better. And for anyone who doesn't understand the tax implications of inheriting real estate, you should look up the step up basis. So step up basis, and that'll help you understand. Apparently, that's going away in California, but that's not the case in every every state. So uh, that, that's that's one big X factor. Like Bill is one of those, like the good example of being empathetic to their position and truly acting in their best interest before they've even give you an, given you an opportunity will attract business that you have no competition when you do it at this level. So. Bill, you have an early 2021 campaign just on that one thing to go and say, hey, here's what's changing and here, here's how it affects you. Correct. Correct. I'm just waiting for the final write-up, but I'll send you where it's at right now. And then the last thing I really want to say is through probate and doing a good job and by offering the solutions, there are some attorneys that want to handle the painting, handle the staging, because they're billing the estate for that. So you've got to be smart enough to back away on that. But then there's other ones where we do all that. And judges, depending on how the trust or the will is structured, see that. And that has led to some direct referrals from judges on divorces. And I've also gotten divorces because Normally, by the time the um, lawyer is thinking, I got to find a real estate agent for these people because they can't agree on anything. He wants a realtor that is going to do everything, painting, staging, clearing the house out, you name it. That's great. You built a, and Bill, we refer to you a lot on early on, I think 2015, 2016, you realized that some of your best leads were the ones where the attorney and the executor were one and the same. They were professional administrators. Correct. And you did a, how many, how you connected with these guys who make a living of handling estates and you've really right. established a steady referral from them, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get somewhere between six and seven de- deals from either accountants that have that business or attorneys that have that business. The hardest ones to break into are the banks because they don't want to favor anybody. Exactly. Yeah. And I think you had shared that story with us before where you had appeared before the same judge numerous times for a probate case. And when a divorce came up and they couldn't agree on what realtor, I think the judge ordered them to list the property with you, if I remember correctly. (laughs) Is that something like that, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that is exactly correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. One other thing I did want you to share with the group, and I appreciate you. And I know you have to get off to a, a listing appointment, or I know you had something to do. That's why we, we put you first. You shared with me on the phone some recent deals that you are working on. They came from, I think one of them came from a three-year-old lead. I think you had shared with yeah. us how you, and, and I love your analogy of the fishing hole in your front yard, if you would share that with everybody. Yeah. To me, all the leads has been like stock in a bass pond, right? Whether you realize it or not, you're going to get future business. You're just stocking it with 1,500 leads every month. I don't know how many exact leads are in my database, but I know it's in the thousands. So I talked to this lady three years ago about selling her home. Her husband passed, and you always have to walk into those leads when you see the same address for the executor or who's managing the estate as the person that passed away, kind of got to walk in there lightly. So I did. And I've just talked to her every six months. And so back in October, she says, I'm ready to sell the $2.25 million house. We're closing on Monday on that. The, the other thing that I think people lose sight of is 
just because you don't get the listing on the probate, that does not mean there's not a deal there. Your investor could buy it, or if you hang in there with the the seller and say, oh, okay, I understand. I didn't get the listing. That's great. I'm really glad you have somebody that's going to help you. I'm curious who you chose. Sometimes they'll give it to you. Sometimes they won't. On this particular one, the person that had passed away, she had written in the realtor in her will. So anyway, so I called him. And as soon as that house came on the market, because he wouldn't let me in early, my client was the first one there. And we were out and above asking price. And it is really hard to get a home on the water in my area. And that just goes to show you that you've got to look at this in this is an opportunity. How you use it is not just one way, right? It could be a lead and it could be a deal in the future. You could have a buyer for it. You you might be able, because I'm a big believer in advocate, they might need painters, they might need different people. And so now you're bringing your painter, you're giving him a job. And he knows that you sent him that job and there's going to be some gratitude to there. And I just absolutely believe you cannot help other people too much. And you have to be grateful um, and have gratitude for any opportunity to help another person. The other thing, like imagine they're going to have two and a quarter million dollars in liquidity. Maybe they're a private lender. Maybe even if they keep a property, you get them over to a community bank lender, like have them take the house and inheritance, get a tenant in place, go to a community bank, do a cash out refi, take that money and loan it out to your investors or go sell a rental portfolio. Like just because you don't get your desired outcome doesn't mean a damn thing in this situation. If you can focus on the needs of the family and show them ways, show them things, teach them things that no one else will. Here's how you double your money every four years by loaning loaning it to my real estate investors right here in town. Here's how you use community bank financing, portfolio financing to create leverage and build a real estate empire of your own. And you get 12 deals off of that buyer right? because you show them how to leverage the inheritance that they get. So it's being empathetic. I want to really drive Bill's point home, like being empathetic to what their needs are and also what their blind spots are. We'll show you ways to service these people at a level like you'll create wealth faster than you can ever imagine because you're helping enough people get what they want and putting their interests first. So thanks for that, Bill. And I, Very well. Bruce, go ahead. You had a comment? Sorry. sorry. Yeah. Hey, Bill. For those of you that don't know, Bill and I used to uh, coach for a real estate company together back in the day. So long, uh, long time no talk. So. One of the things that I liked what you just said is is the analogy of the bass pond and stocking the bass pond, which goes to a point that I frequently make to people is the reason that, that I've always loved probate so much is in normally, California might be a little bit longer, but normally six, seven months, most of these families are going to be ready to do something and some even longer than that. And if you are good at follow-up and you're empathetic, you're understanding, you're not a pushy person, in six or seven months, you're going to be the only person, in Bill's case, three years on this lead. You're the only person that they're considering because you've had a really long runway to build a brand of empathy and help. And for those of you that are listening that are looking at a, a month or two months to get business, you're going to get some of that as well. But if you can take the long approach with this and build a relationship, nobody else is going to do it. You're going to stand alone as the only person that these families and these uh, personal representatives are ever going to bring their business to. Well said. 
Bill, we can't thank you enough. I know you got to go. If you're able to hang in there for a minute or two, maybe some people will have some other questions. Is there any other? I know you listen to us on YouTube and you listen to our calls. You said every Thursday morning at 7 o'clock. It's part of your schedule. I love that. But boy, if you could just come on once a year, we, we appreciate it and give us updates. I think you helped. A, sure. I think you helped a lot of people on this call. Any other words of wisdom before we let you go? There's a book called The Generosity Generation. It's called 7L. I really recommend everybody reading that. It's something that Chad had mentioned to me five years ago. And then there's also a YouTube channel. It's Chris Cavallini. It's C-A-V-A-L-I-N-I. He's got a great YouTube video that came out about good manners, proper etiquette, and being a good person and having gratitude. I think that's really where we need to be as real estate agents, especially as we're heading into forbearance hell of exactly how all that's going to work out. Yeah, very well said, my friend. Thank you. You are the ultimate example of of the culture that we try to teach, and I really appreciate you contributing. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. All right. We do have a few other patient people in the queue that have been waiting, so let's go to our first or our second caller this week is phone number ending in 0309. You're up next. Hey guys, how are you guys doing today? Great, how are you, sir? Good, good. I came across an issue, well, not necessarily an issue, obviously every deal is going to require some creativity. The person representative doesn't have a good relationship with his uncle, neither does the mom either. There's only two heirs, and it doesn't sound like they like each other at all, unfortunately. What would be the best way to handle it? Is it best to call the uncle and try to talk to him, or is it best to have the attorneys deal with it? What would be the ideal case? So is the, is the uncle an heir? That is correct. Is there a will or a intestate? I don't think there's a will. I didn't ask that question, so that's good to know. So it's. I think it's important that you understand that the personal representative doesn't have to have any contact. The uncle doesn't necessarily have a say in this. The personal rep, the nephew, is the fiduciary, and they assume the liability for that. So it's their job to preserve and maximize the value of the assets and then distribute according to state succession law if there's no will. So if it goes sideways, just understand the uncle doesn't have to be in the picture. He can't dictate what gets done. Now, that said, we always try to go the diplomatic route because we want to reduce stress for the family and improve their situation. Correct. So I would recommend you reach out to the uncle and you handle this more like a divorce case where you actually become a, a friendly intermediary. And you may have to play good cop, bad cop. If you're not familiar with that as a negotiation tactic, I would go whatever you can on that. But you may have to, their ego may want to spew out something about the other party, and you may have to listen. You don't have to validate it. Become an intermediary and give the uncle a voice so he won't become a problem. But if he does become a problem, it's really probably not going to prohibit you guys from achieving what the estate needs to achieve. Okay. I do know that the nephew said, based on the conversations the attorney's been having, that the uncle wants the most money for the property. That I do know. So it sounds like he's on board on selling. It's just a matter of them agreeing. Let me ask you this, since there's two heirs, do we need both signatures on the heirs to sign the listing agreement or is it more or the PR is more than sufficient to sign? As long as the PR has the letters testamentary, all you need is their signature on the listing agreement. Okay. That makes sense. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, anything else? That's all I have. No, that's it for, for today. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. Next up is phone five five two three. You're up mm -hmm. next. 
Hi, how are you? My name is um, Isaac Israelov. I live in Rockland County, New York, uh, about 45 minutes north of New York City. I've done many things in the real estate, including residential brokering, like 2004, 2007. Since 2010 till about now, I've been doing commercial real estate brokering, as well as now embarking on investing. One of the things that I wanted to do is flip, fix and flipping and wholesaling. I never had a good system. And I somehow through Facebook found out about all the leads. This is my first time on the call. I heard a lot of good information now on this call. I want to know what's the best way for me to be able to start getting access to the leads as well as maybe some support if there is or what's my best way to get started right now as they say with a lot of debt and the most money to invest because I'm just living month to month with everything that's going on but I need a good system and if you could give me more information and advice, I would appreciate it. I also have a partner, which we're partnering on the motel now. We're redoing it, trying to flip it, but that's a different thing. He might want to get in with me also, but I think I'm better off doing it on my own. So what is yeah. that's required? Yeah, every county is different, and I will have someone reach out to you right after the call. And, and as far as what can you do to be successful with this, Figure out what all the other investors are doing and do the opposite. They're, if any of them are even contacting these people, they're just saying, hey, I can buy your home for cash. You want to be, like Bill just said, you want to offer them multiple solutions. Don't come at it as much as an investor as I'm a probate expert that specializes in helping people, and there's a lot of different ways I can help you. You'll be amazed how that will gain their trust, and that'll help get your foot in the door, get the conversation started. And one of the things you do want to do if you're not a realtor, have a good realtor on your team that you can refer the ones to, because some of these are going to be great buying flips, and a lot of them are just going to be motivated listings. So you want to have a great realtor on your team that you can refer the people to that, that aren't in a, any kind of distress and want closer to retail price. Anything you want to add to that, Chad? Or yeah, Bruce? Go ahead. I mean, yeah. Or maybe get my own li uh, my license restored and then also partake in that aspect. Yeah, that was going to be my advice. Having experience in residential brokerage and commercial brokerage, I have to assume that you've learned how to recruit because you've been the broker. So I think one of the paths of least resistance and the highest ROI for you is probably to reactivate your license, recruit an agent onto your team to, to mentor and train into the space and have them, just like in commercial real estate, have them split some of that cost with you, make your brokerage agreement work for you. But the idea is for how that works. Do you just expand on that? Do you mean that like I should become an agent with EXP and then recruit under me, or are you referring to recruit in probate listings? Well, you said before you, you, you were a residential broker and a commercial broker, is that right? I meant agent, not like broker that I have agents on. Yeah. Even so, you can partner with another agent and have them do that side if that's not what you want to do. And you can also have them subsidize your lead cost, your marketing cost. You guys can joint venture on that. So if you're in a tight cash flow position, you may start out by saying, hey, we'll split these 50-50, but we're also going to split the cost 50-50 and find a person you can trust and set proper expectations from the beginning of what a, an investor deal is and means for you and what a brokerage deal is and means for them. And you guys can collaborate. But at any rate, however you end up entering the market, what Jim was saying, this is your first call. There are almost 700 hours of conversations like this archived and accessible to you. I would really dig into that and understand the culture we, we created and how 
building a team around yourself to attract the business will greatly differentiate you. So you ultimately spend less on marketing than other people and you get a much higher ROI and, and learn a little bit more about what we offer and how we train people to do this. And you may see opportunities to monetize some of the vendor relationships. I don't normally recommend that for folks because it just means you're tracking whole bunch of tiny pieces of revenue and it's usually not the best on a productive activity but if it's a, if it's a barrier if cost is a barrier to entry it is a way that you can get referrals from painters photographers home stagers you name it, all the people that you can bring into the transaction but it's the other thing is how are they helpful how are the photographers and whatnot for leads so for example if, if you pay for the leads the first month and you don't have enough cash to pay for them the second month, but you believe in this and your heart's in it. In that first list, you can find somebody who needs help, who needs a painter, who needs a senior moving company, who needs an estate sale, who needs an estate plan. I'll jump in on that, Jim. What Chad was saying is something that I've done in my business. And I actually, his advice about taking on an equity partner in the probate space is exactly what I did in my business is I brought in a partner. I handle the marketing and the attorney relationships. He handles the phone calls and the listing appointments. We split commissions 50-50. We also split costs 50-50. So that's a good way to get someone to partner with you. And then on the vendor side of things, I have a couple of vendors that I market their services for them. And what you do is you could always just drop a little, you're sending your mail out. And we do recommend that people mail as well as call. You're sending your mail out anyway with your particular narrative and your particular marketing message. You could always drop a little side small postcard in promoting one of your vendor partner's business and have them offset the cost of that round of mail because you're promoting their business on a separate card that you just include with the letter that you're sending out anyway. So there are ways of, of really monetizing this and, and at least offsetting costs associated with not only the business, but marketing to the families as well. You partner up in the postcard with a mortgage broker or like who? Oh, there's all kinds of people. You could use financial advisors. You could use estate sale companies. You could use clean-out companies, house cleaners, landscapers. We, In my business, I have a list of somewhere in the neighborhood of 24 or 25 different vendors that I use throughout the year. And, and really, the list could go on and on, but these are 24 or 25 different vendors that are going to be typically involved in at least one deal with me through the course of a year. And so they're the first people that I go to and ask if they want me to promote their business in a particular round of, of mail that I'll be sending out. Cool. I'm so excited. I'll be honest with you, I was looking, at, I was looking into affiliate marketing and I got just because when, when you don't have a good system in, in real estate, commercial real estate is great. We've been through a few skeptical uh, months, so this is great that I, oh, yeah. I came across guys. I actually thought well, you were better than you really are. We're glad you found us. And we're, we've gotten pretty big over the last six or seven years, but never too big to be able to help you know anybody that we can. So we appreciate your input. Who's who, Chad? I know I've seen him on Facebook on all the leads. And then who's talking? Yeah, this is Jim Sullivan Jim and Jim Sullivan. Bruce Hill. Yeah, and, and if you Bruce go to the Hill. top of our website, just hit about us, and you'll learn boring details that you don't care about all of it. Oh, cool. So you have all three of you <laughs> are all the leads? Yes, sir. Right, nice to meet you. 
Nice to meet you. Good, sir. Thank you. Yeah, we look forward to coming back and hearing your success stories. Thank you. All right. Next up is phone number ending in 0948. You're up next. Hey, guys. How you doing? This is Ruel from Bergen County. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Unfortunately, our courthouses are still closed. So we've been working with expired, not expired, leads as far back as January, February, March. Unfortunately, nothing stuck. So I was just wondering what you guys think we should do as far as going back, getting outdated last year's list, or what can I do going forward to be a little more current with the leads that we have? And second part of that question, it's a little unrelated, but we're hiring our VA come January. And if you can just walk me through how you think I should, I was just going to have them go over the last month's three-day which I have a copy of, have them go through that. But as far as more training for VA, any input would be appreciated. On your first question, you heard Bill Bird in the beginning of this call. He just took it to two and a quarter million dollar listing that was three from a three-year-old list. So not every family will actually sell the real estate during the probate. However, the personal representative office usually, if, if disclosed, they're usually the one who inherited the property. So there's some opportunity there. There are also the major procrastinators who will go a year or two or longer and then leave probate open because there's no mandate. There's no time frame where it has to be closed. People try to move them along and, and get it closed, but there's no hard law that says that it has to be done in this amount of time. So what you'll find on those older lists is you'll have no competition, virtually none ever because everyone else has long forgotten about them and they assume that they, they've already sold everything so they don't matter to them. What you find is those are the people who need you to get your leadership and your help most. So a lot of times that's where your come list me calls come from. And so someone else is a contributor here, it's like a great subscriber of ours, David Pinnell. If you've heard him talk, you'll hear him talk about the same thing. He has a significant amount of his info comes from come list me calls that were six to 12 months old. So if you guys have, have already worked through all the leads and you feel like you want to do more, I think it's a wise investment to buy the historical data and work on those older files because there is opportunity in there in any market in the country. So that's yeah, okay. the first part. How far back would you go, Chad? 24 months at least. We find a lot of value all the way back to 24. The longest one I've ever done was back in 1983. So <laughs> okay. they're, they're families who go decades and just put their head in the sand and do nothing. But you're going to find a really solid return on investment back to 24 months. Okay. Right now, and I'm the doing other, the two things. Go ahead. Sorry. The other thing I'll mention, that was one of the primary reasons we developed Pro, Probate Plus, because you can take two years worth of data, run it through Probate Plus, and then we'll be able, with an easy button, we'll tell you which ones still have property, what the property is, how much it's worth, everything about it, whether or not it's on MLS or has been. So it's $3 a lead for those historical leads. It's a dollar for the lead and $2 for the augmentation. But you'll like we'll basically just raise the cream to the top of exactly who to reach out for and why you're reaching out, what they own. Yeah, we were able to do the probate leads and the probate plus for, again, like I said, the last ones, which we had was January, February, and March. Unfortunately, not much luck. So I guess you're suggesting go back further then. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I would. I started last year. Yeah, I started to say right now I'm doing two deals that are between two and three years old, both of them, and uh, they're really good flips where 
like Chad said, for one reason or another, they family issues, disagreements, they just weren't ready to do anything. Now they finally are. But the good news is, I guess the bad news is probably 90% of them are going to be sold or listed or its property has been disposed of. But you only need a few in there to really have it make a lot of sense. And, and we keep hoping you guys will come back every month. We think it's got to be next month. You're the you're one of the few remaining markets that hasn't opened back up. But <laughs> milk the old one. Yeah, congratulations on it. So I think you got a good attitude. And we've mentioned on these calls too, you said it hasn't developed. I'm curious on the January, February leads, were the majority of them already completed or they weren't ready to, or they, they were just delayed by the process or what's your most common objection that you're getting? The biggest feedback was first and foremost, what they always say is my lawyer's taking care of it. And the second one is actually they'd gotten rid of the property. So although we ran the probate plus as late as October, when we ran probate plus and all the leads some of them would still say that even though it was on our list that it was uh, that they've gotten rid of the property so that was another kind of part that i was going to ask like how updated is that list when we get them because i was surprised when we followed up with calls in, in october and the probate plus kind of spit out the list and they still said that they got rid of the property something that didn't occur to me if your records division is shut down, that's why your recordings aren't being updated in Probate Plus. I hadn't thought of that. So actually, the MLS status and, and things like that are going to be accurate. But since your record room is not recording, if it's shut down, then they're probably not getting the data out to where we, we get the updated data feed in that county. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. And as someone that also actively markets the probate leads, when I get Probate Plus, I always take while I'm prospecting, at the same time I'm prospecting, because I'll make a round of calls before my first letter drops. And as I'm doing that, I take an extra 10 seconds per property and just compare the deceased name with the with the current owner name on that real estate record. I find in my area, and this isn't true of every area, but in my area, I find that about 5% will have had property. And Probate Plus will show that it has transferred. So it might come through as a property record occasionally, but just looking at the current owner name, you'll see that it transferred sometime in the last couple of months, but we're still picking up a real estate record. Gotcha. Okay, that's a little tip. A second question, and I've already forgotten it. Can you remind me? So my second question was, we're hiring our VA in January, and the first thing I was going to do is just have her go through the three-day, which I have a copy of. That's the first and foremost. And then I was wondering, after that, I was just going to have her listen to all the cold call archive that you have, but any other tips on how we should handle a VA? So what is the scope of her this VA service? Are they just doing phone work? Are they an office admin, marketing admin? What are you going to have? She'll help. She'll be basically our assistant, part of our company. So it's not just cold calling. We're going to implement, not basically have her do what the system that we've set up already. I just didn't like okay, the call. So she's going to be, she's going to be more involved than just making phone calls five hours a week. Like she'll be a full-time yeah. employee. Absolutely. Okay. In that case, I agree that you should start her with probate mastery because she will then understand uh, the operating system and the core values that you guys are running off of. And yep. there's a lot of value to that because then she'll start to develop. If she buys into that, then she'll start to develop her own version and her own language. And then putting her in the role play calls and role playing with her, she, you know, instead of handing them a script like most people want, like you'll be able to groom her into someone who knows what to say because she was, she did the right things in the right order when getting started. So I would start with mastery. Then I would go have her go to the role play archive and do no less than three complete role play calls. Then I would role play with her like internally in your team 
and have her come into our Facebook group, All Leads Mastermind. There's lots of little subgroups in there where people set up role play groups that are recurring times each week. Have her jump in and role play with our subscribers. You can have her join the Probate Mastery Alumni Facebook page. And as long as you guys like under your name, but you can jump in there and find role play partners that are running at a higher level. But that's the biggest thing. It sounds like she's going to be the initial point of contact. So you've got to get her where she's 100% clear on your offer. And she has to be very empathetic to the, the family's position. She has to be very clear on what you offer. And she has to, even if you don't have that in place yet, she has to be confident that she she has faith in you that it will be in place by the time you get to the appointment, she said. And that's about, that should take up the next month of her time. You can call back and ask what's next. She'll be jumping into the roll calls with you guys. I'm sure about that. Hey, Jim? Yep, 2811. You're up next. Phone number ending in 2811. Hi, my name is Rolf Arnew. I'm a, I'm a broker in New York. I'm actually an associate broker. I've been for a while. What is it that we, one thing, you have also that did not call with a little star next to it. How do we contact them if we cannot call the the do not call list? Are you talking about the generic do not call or are you talking about the New York restriction? And I assume that was only called on my first lead the 1st of December. Some of the stormy do not call. The number is there. We do that to protect our own assets. As a call center, you're a much bigger target for litigation to get roped into stuff by attorney. So, we cannot. We do not call. The do not. Those on do not call. We've had over seven million dials placed on the leads and numbers that we've put out. And there's been one instance that, that I'm aware of. I think anyone's aware of. And it actually did come out of the state of New York. An attorney made a phone call to one of our subscribers and said, "Listen, we got a call from a consumer. We understand they're a public representative, but their number was on DNC. Please don't call them again." And that was it. There was no email, there was no letter, no formal complaint. So you have to assess your own risk and, and make your own decisions so you understand what DNC is. But we have, there are several gray legal opinions, a couple of which, like one, this person is, is currently appointed as a public representative for an estate that's in an open creditor's period. Another angle, another legal opinion is that you're not directly soliciting to sell them something, you're offering a service. And you're not even sure what that is yet because there's many ways you can help them. But you and your broker will have to look at it and decide if you're comfortable making those calls. I will say that most of our top producers actually do. Okay. Okay. My second question is, I also went to probate. I was the administrator. If I already have an attorney, I was in that position. I had an an attorney. I'm an administrator. Why would... How do I make myself different? What do they want to use me whenever they have an attorney? I know I'm not an attorney, but how would I show that the service I offer is better than what, how would I sell the service basically? What, what am I offering? That question. You're offering everything that the attorney does not handle. So typically the attorney is handling all the legal aspects, the paperwork, the asset collection, the debts. They're handling that and paperwork that goes to the courthouse where the family they still need to clean the house out. They need to maintain the house. They need to clean the gutters, cut the grass, fix the leaking sink, have an estate sale, divide up personal property assets, sell the property. They need to, They need all that. They need to make sure it's insured. And most attorneys, not all, but most attorneys don't help them with those things. So when someone just hammers me with, uh, hey, we have an attorney and they're handling everything. Rather than attack that objection head on, I want to attack it in in a couple of minutes on that call. So I want to circle back to that 
and ask them some questions about what their future plans are. Hey, it's great that your attorney's helping with that. You might not need a whole lot from me today. Do you have a, a quick minute for us to talk and figure out if maybe there is something that I can provide because I'm not just one thing. And then you ask about the real estate, you ask who's involved. There's a whole list of, of questions that you can ask. And if you want our interview sheet, just get with support or shoot me an email at bruce at all the leads. Uh, dot com and I'll get you an interview sheet that we have. But eventually, you're going to circle back and you're going to start to share with them how the attorney doesn't take care of, many times, the attorney does not take care of all those real estate and personal property-related re responsibilities. That's on them, and that's what you take care of. Okay. Okay. I'm going to definitely get this sheet, interview sheet. But you have script as well. I, I'll, I'll get a copy of that as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. Very good. We uh, have two wait, more in the more, queue. One more, one more question. Go ahead. All right. I also really want to be an investor. Every realtor really dream is to be inside themselves want to be an investor. Um, assuming I find somebody who, wanted, who wants to sell it to an investor, uh, obviously I don't have the cash. I can get a partner, but is there a, a contract? You get into a contract with them and then flip the contract to an investor, or how does that? How would that work? Like I don't have the money. It just to depends do. on your. It really depends on your strategy. Do you? Cash aside, would you rather have a hold a home long term and get the cash flow and tax benefits, or are you just always looking for quick revenue? In the beginning, I like quick revenue just so I have enough money to spread around so I could become to the point that I could hold it on term. Okay, and you you already have a license, right? Yeah, I've been a broker for many years. Okay, I'm a so as a broker, sure. you can take a flat fee listing agreement and don't offer any cooperating broker commission. So, for example, on a hundred thousand dollar house, you might take twenty thousand dollar commission and then offer a zero a zero percent co-op. People are going to be showing your listing. So, as long as you have the buyer's list, that's a way to do it through your real estate license. And obviously, when you bring the buyer in, you would give them an unrepresented party addendum. I don't recommend representing them in, in a dual agent capacity. I think that's reckless. I think it's just too much liability. But you can take a flat fee listing and just don't offer it to anyone else. Or you can get it under contract as a principal. Don't use your sole proprietorship, your personal name, or your brokerage and use a separate entity. And then just assign that contract for an assignment fee. And you, you, most title most markets, you can find a title company that will do a simultaneous close where you don't act, you can close the B to C with the A to B money. Okay. All and right. then and the reason I asked the, the reason I asked the question I did, if you wanted to really build wealth, basically you can take the subject to a lot of times these home, almost 68% of the time, these homes are free and clear and you can take them with owner financing. And a lot of times without a down payment, they, they will actually just finance it to you. And then, you know, I would say a six to 8% interest rate, you can show them an extreme amount of value. Obviously, you're not going to go full term. You just you get it cash flowing. Then you do a cash out refi with a community bank, and boom, you've got cash in your pocket. You've got the house, and you've got monthly cash flow. So you need to get clear on what your strategy is. Like, why do you want to be a real estate investor? If it's to make a bunch of money real fast once, then wholesaling is great. But if you want to build real wealth, then you do things like the latter, what I just talked about. You take a homeowner financing, you get a tenant in place, you do a cash out refi, then you get the best of both worlds. You get the house and you get a pocket full of cash and you get monthly cash flow and you get depreciation and all the tax benefits of that. So really get clear on what your strategy is. Then you'll know what to do with these houses. Yeah, that's a much better idea. That's what I want to do, but I thought I needed more cash for the down payment for the next property and do the traditional down payment, 
go for a mortgage, have qualified for the mortgage and all that other stuff, which I don't qualify for so the income. Something I'll point you to, if you go to probably our YouTube channel, the easiest place to find this. Back in March, we did a series called Shift Happens. And episode four, Kat will link to it in the show notes, but episode four of Shift Happens, I, I take you through seven distinct creative finance strategies that allow you to do what I just proposed. So if it's if that's new to you and it's intimidating to you, start there. It's a couple of hours of training. We just did it on Zoom. But start there and, and start to get an understanding. And then there's some other places I can point you. you want a basic understanding of what these strategies are, I'll point you to some more advanced training. Okay. Okay. Thank All you so right. Much. Does that help? Next up is phone number ending at 8213. You're up next. Hey guys, super quick D- regarding date question, book name, and follow up. So, date, you said that the next mastermind is on the seventh. Does that mean that on the sixth there will be a role play? Uh, yes or no? Oh yes, good question. Very good. Yeah, that's the first okay. Wednesday of okay. the month. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So that will. Okay. Cool. Then I think Bill mentioned a name that Chad suggested something generation. I didn't catch the first word. Friendship generation? Uh, I wrote down generosity generation. Oh, generosity. Okay, cool. And then my actual question is regarding follow-up. So once you've called someone, let's say two, three, maybe even starting the fourth call, I'm running out of things to say. How should you approach it? Do you just approach it from an angle of has anything changed that you need assistance with, with, such as securing the property, repairs, plumbing, et cetera? Or do you guys take a different approach? Uh, you're, where are you? What market are you in again? I know I keep forgetting. Oh, all good. All good. Los Angeles. All right. So Bill Bird just gave you your entry point for every conversation mm-hmm. you have until the, re- until the end of this month, especially. You've got an urgent okay. reason to follow up, right? Because you, learned, you just yes. now learned that they're about to lose the step-up basis rule. And that's a big damn deal. And you need to let them know because nobody else is. Okay. I love that. All right. I'm going to do that today, actually. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. All right. Awesome. Thank you for being quick. And our last of the we saved the best for last, 6231, you're up last. Hey, guys. Hope you're all doing well. I'm trying to be quick. I'm going to have to limit my eight questions down to one or two. All right. Thank you, Mike. I recognize your voice. Yes, sir. And by the way, the other seven, just contact us after the call. Send us an email. We'll deal with them off the call. At support? Yeah, support at allthelites.com. Yes, sir. First one is a quick one. It's, is the uh, When you talk about the six ways you guys can help, is that what you refer to as the service hub? Correct. I think that's what, Chad, the service okay. wheel. Yeah, and I just I just yeah. want to say hi to us and thank you for all the great things that you're doing. Thanks to Tim for calling me. It was an honor to speak with him earlier. And uh, and thanks to Bruce to, to speak with me yesterday on our call. Everybody's doing such a fantastic job. I'm so happy to be part of this this uh, this group. If I just got my URL, just got the website signed up for that. Do I should should I then go get that URL that name form an LLC with it, or what do I do to protect myself? Am I now going to form a company with that URL? How, what do you, what's the suggestion there now? This depends on how big your vision is. Your entity name certainly doesn't have to match your your URL name. It's nice if it does. You have that consistency. But if you have a, a purpose and a need for an entity, yeah, go get one that matches your URL if it's available. Now, the one thing I would say, what? let me first ask, what is your URL? Yeah, jerseyprobatesolutions.com. Okay, so we've heard on this call, once you get really good at probate, the attorneys and the judges start giving you what? All of the divorce listings. They start paying you to testify in court. 
you start to do trust administration. You start to help families in transition that haven't had a loss in the family, but this, this applies perfectly well to their situation. So when building a brand, the biggest consideration that I warn people or bring up to people is... We lost Chad. You there, Chad? I know what he was going to say. We lost him. It sounds like he cut out. You want, you might want to do something like a Jersey transition specialist or a family transition specialist. You might, if you plan on expanding beyond probate, you might want to make it just a bit more generic. All right, sir. Thank you. And contact us with help with the other questions. I appreciate you keeping it short. All right. Thank you. I want to thank each of you. This 2020 has not been an easy year, but we appreciate all of you being here. It's actually been a productive year thanks to our partnership with all of our great clients like you. And we want to, whatever holiday you celebrate, we hope you have a safe, happy, uh, relaxing one with your family. And uh, I want to challenge each of you. I always do. Take some of the ideas you heard on this call over the next few weeks, couple weeks. Go out and put them into practice and come back on January 6th for our role play call and January 7th for our next mastermind call. Have a great holiday, guys. Stay productive, stay safe, and we will talk to you soon. Take care.